Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. To turn in your Bible to 3 John tonight, 3 John, of course there's only one chapter. And I want to continue along those lines that we were speaking on this morning about the mind. And I want to talk to you specifically about the importance of renewing your mind. I can't tell you uh, just in words uh, how important it is that you don't leave your mind alone. Did you get what I just said? That you don't leave your mind alone. You have to, if you want to go where God has you to go, you're going to have to work on your mindset every day. Because the way you think is the way you believe. The way you believe is the way you talk. And it's all connected to a mindset. It really is. I'm not talking about uh, just thinking positive. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about a mindset. Get a hold of this. I'm talking about a mindset that the Word has transformed to look like the Word. I'm talking about a mind that thinks in line with the Word of God. I'm talking about a mindset that comes from your heart, through your spirit, into your mind, so that your mind is in syncopation with God's Word. That's where God's trying to get us. God is wanting us to think the way He thinks. Because if He can get us to think the way He thinks, then we will live the way we need to live. And we've got to see the the connection. Just like the connection of faith. It all goes together. But this is one of these major subjects that, that I'm so grateful uh, that God continue, continuously is letting me teach on the mind. It's so important. And so in 3 John, we're just going to pick up a scripture and then we'll go to Proverbs 23. Those will be our foundation scriptures. And it says here, in verse, uh, verse 1, it says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaianus, whom I loved in the truth. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things, the wish there is really not a good translation, should be I pray, I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper. So God does want us to prosper. And be in health even as thy soul. Look at that. As your soul prospers. So God wants us to have a prosperous journey. God wants our life to be prosperous. We know that. And prosperity is not just money. Really, money is the lowest form of prosperity. Because you can have a lot of money in the bank and be dying of cancer and you're just a sick person with money. How many of y'all know that? So when he's talking about prosperity, he's talking about every aspect of your life, spirit, soul, and body, prospering. So God wants us to have a prosperous journey along the way. But notice what it's connected to. It's connected to the soul. It's connected to the soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. I like to call him your chooser because your soul is your chooser. He's the one that chooses. Your mind, your will, and emotion. You are a spirit. You have an earth suit, which is your body. And all of you possess a soul. And our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Or we can call him the chooser. And this is the part of you that the enemy attacks the most. That he will always attack the most. He attacks the mind more than anything else. He can't touch your spirit because Jesus lives there. How many of y'all know that? So what he does is he just tries to make you live like hell while you're on earth. Not cussing. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
He wants to bombard your mind. He wants you to live miserably. The only, let me say it this way, the only limiter you have is your mind. Your mind is your limiter. A lack of money is not your limiter. Money is not your problem. Not having enough, that's not your problem. Where the enemy, where we're limited is in our thinking. Because the way we think is the way we talk, and the way we talk is what we possess. So it's our thinking that limits us more than anything else. The way we think about things. The way you think is, is in the forefront of the way you spend your money. What you can do, what you can't do. The enemy tells you you can't, so you don't. You're not limited by resources. You're limited by the way you think. This is, this is yours. You're the general of your mind. You're the possessor of your mind. You're the conductor of your mind. This belongs to you. And we need to learn how to take God's word and remove the limiters so that God can do what he wants to do in your life. I remember not too long ago, go over to Proverbs 23, but I remember not too long ago, well, it was just recently, actually, I was putting together a budget for the church and all that. I, I normally do every year. And um, I was talking to the Lord. I said, you know, this is what we need, you know, weekly. And this is just a target, you know. And I went away from my board meeting, and the Lord said, um, I want to talk to you about your budget. I said, okay. What, what, I, I had no idea what he's going to say. So I want to talk to you about your budget. I said, okay. He said, uh, you, you said you wanted X amount a week. And I said, yes, sir. He said, is that all I can do? And I said, no, sir. And this is what he told me. Let me do what I want to do. He let me do what I want to do. And I realized that just through something so simple, I can put a limiter on God. Because then that's something I have to see all the time. And that registers back in my thinking. What you have around you, atmosphere affects thinking. You got things broken down, beat up all around you. That'll, that'll mess with your head. My wife can tell you, I don't like things broke, beat up around me. I don't like drinking out of jiffy jars. I had to do that when I was a kid. Does something to my mind. Just being truthful. Because I know how much I've worked on my mind and I'm not going to go back from no, for nothing. And I begin to realize what limited me in my life was not the projects, was not my family. It was my mind. I wrote, there's the limiter right there. And I thought, if I can remove that limiter, what does God have in store for me? If I'll not limit God, instead of using words like this, well, we can't afford that. How much they want for that? We could never do that. Why don't we just settle for this? And we go in places and we, we're looking at price tags and everything. We're trying to, you know, we go shopping sometimes and we're looking for discounts. We're going over to discount rack. Well, you just got a thread hanging out. You can give me a discount on this? They give me 10% off. See, it's a way of thinking. I'm not saying live frivolously. What I'm saying is, is you've got to guard over your mindset. You've got to guard because your mindset is in the forefront of everything that you're doing. Change the way you think. Change the way you live. You don't change the way you think. You cannot. It is impossible to change you. 
You can come to church, listen to Pastor Jordan or whoever he has preaching here and come and go. But until you do something about your mindset, nothing is changing. And I know that's pretty blunt. And I know that's pretty big talk, but it's the truth. Amen. Are you with me? Now look at this in Proverbs chapter 23. If we're going to get control over our life, we have to get control of our mind. If we're going to get control over our life, we have to get control of our mind, the way we think about things, how we think, the limiters that we put on our life. I grew up and I heard my dad always saying, we can't afford. I don't have two nickels to rub together. We could never do that. We can't. It can't afford. Can't afford. And it was always limited to where he worked and what he brought home. And growing up that way, that's all you know. So you just figure, if I'm ever going to have anything, or if anything's ever going to change in my life, then I have to do something. Nothing wrong with going to school. God tells you to school, go to school. Nothing wrong with what we do, amen, to try to learn and grow and all that. I'm not, I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is, is if we're looking to all those things to put us over, we're looking in the wrong place. Looking in the wrong place. The limiter is not your education. Your limiter is your mind. Becoming skillful with your thought life. That is the key to success. Catching your thoughts. Catching words that you say. Words that are embalmed with unbelief. Words that are embalmed with poverty thinking. Because you only think you can have what you can produce. And that's where most people are. We talk, well, we could never have, well, why not? Well, because I work over here. What's that got to do with God's plan? What's that got to do with God said he hath blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? That he's provided all the things that you need in this earth. What does that have a thing in the world to do with it? That's really just my seed bank. But what's limited us, we limit ourselves. We limit ourselves. We limit our mind. We limit what God can do based on what we do. We're limiting what God could do in our life based on what we do. We could never have. It will never be. Well, why not? It's only because you think that way. But if you get that stinking thinking out and change that stinking way of thinking and start thinking the way God wants you to think, you'll see the Word will start producing in your life. It will produce wealth. It will produce health. It will produce soundness. It will produce joy. But you got to work on that mindset every day. You got to catch yourself when you use phrases like that. No, that's no in Jesus name. See, you start to catch yourself saying things. Well, we could never go there. We could never do that. And you never will talking that way. And it's not because you don't make enough money. It's because you've limited yourself in your mind. And Satan knows that. If I limit them in their thinking, I will limit them in their life. He knows that. So in Proverbs 23, this is a uh, scripture we read this morning, or actually I quoted it, I believe. Verse 7, it says, For as he thinketh, or she thinketh, as the person thinketh, notice this, so is he in his heart, so is he. As a person thinks in his heart, the word heart there is talking about the mental faculty. As a person thinks, so is he. Your thinking is important. The limiter in your life is your thinking. Always has been. The enemy just don't want you to know it. 
So he comes in and, and strikes the mind and he comes in and, and, and works on your mind and works on your mind and tell you you can't do it and tell you you can't do it so long and so often that you start believing it so that your life now is being formed by your words and your mind has limited your life through your words. Just like God formed the earth with his words, you're forming your world with your words by what you keep saying over and over and over. As a man thinks, remember the word thinketh? It means to split, a place of access. As a man thinketh in his mind, as a man thinketh in his mental faculty, so is he. And if Satan knows this is the place, if I can get them in the area of the mind, I'll get their life. If I can break them in their mind, I'll break them in their life. If I can get them to fail in their mind, they'll fail in life. If I can get them to quit in their mind, they'll quit in their life. If I can get them to say words like we could never have, we could never do. We never seem to get ahead. Why are we always broke? Where is all that coming from? It's coming from a mind that's under attack and they don't even know it. So there's limiters and the limiters comes through the mind. And so the enemy, what is he trying to do? Get more and more real estate in your mind. Still more and more of your dreams. Still more and more of, and tell you what you can't do. And the problem is, is we don't counter those words. We don't counter those pressures with the word of God. And many believers, let me just say this. Many believers, if you talk to believers, this isn't a criticism, but many believers, if you sit and talk to them and they tell you they're under this attack and they're under that attack, what I've found as a pastor for many, many years is that most of them use confession as a defensive mechanism. We're only confessing in the areas that we're under attack. And we're confessing because we're under attack. We haven't, made the, we haven't made the connection that if I confess and get the mindset changed, I'll be more on the offensive and I'll start pushing the enemy back and, going, and getting in the places in the realm of the spirit that I didn't even know existed. Come on with that. And what we do is the body's attacked. Well, let's attack it with the word now because we're, we're waiting on getting attacked. Or our finances are attacked. Then we're, we're, there, we're, we're getting on our confession about that. And it's always a defensive thing. It's always a defensive thing. And the enemy keeps working on your mind and working on your mind. So you don't have time to work on your mind. Yeah. All you're doing is, wa- uh, well, not wasting time, but you're wearing yourself out with confessions <laughs> that often don't even come from your heart. So now we're, we're just in a war of words. And he'll keep you there. It's called a place of just being mental. He'll keep you right there. Instead of, instead of taking the approach, no, I want to renew my mind so that I can think like God and get out of where I am and get into what he has for me. Because what God has for you in the realm of the spirit is not going to come unless you renew your mind. And talking to people all the time, sheep in our church, and the, well, I'm going through this, Pastor. I'm going through that, Pastor. And I'm not making fun of that. People need help, and I'm here to help. And I'll say, Well, what are you doing? Well, you know, I'm doing this, or whether I'm doing that. Well, let me ask you a question. Before the attack, how have you been working on your mind in that area before you ever was attacked? Well, I wasn't. So it's only on the defense. 
I'm trying to stop the pressure. Are y'all with me tonight? I'm trying to stop the pressure through a confession that I really don't believe. It's not in your heart. So now what I'm doing, I'm countering, I'm countering an attack of the enemy that has no power with it. Because the power comes from your heart. When you get the word in your heart, then it comes out of your mouth, which means you got to work on your heart first before the attack comes. And as you work on your heart and you get your heart in line with the word and your mouth is in line with the word and your heart is in line with the word, you have thing called faith coming out of your heart and out of your mouth. And then when you speak, you have power, you have authority. But most believers are only confessing the word as it relates defensively. Trying to defend that you do need to defend your mind. But what I'm talking about is working on your mind when that pressure stops. Do, do we just want to keep our mindset there? The, whatever we're believing, right? do we just want to keep it right there? Because then the pressure's gone. And then we just move on to another attack and we move on to this attack and we never renew our mind. We're just defending our mind. I hope you're getting some help out of this. See, and you just keep defending. Keep de- no, no, no. We, don't, we need to defend, but we need to renew. We need to change the way we think. All right. So he says here, as a man thinks, so is he. So if you're going to have and I'm going to have change in my life, it has to start in the mind. You've got to identify those areas of your life that you're giving more and more real estate to the enemy. Are you with me? Because what we're three parts, spirit, soul, and body. But that soul is what he's after. He wants to make you miserable. And you know when God started showing me that, he was telling me, he said, you know, the only time you ever confess the word in this area is right here is when you're under an attack. And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> you're right. I mean, that's right, isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord started telling me, he said, well, when you defend your mind when the enemy comes, he said, is that renewing the mind? I said, no, sir. He said, can you see how you're going around the same circle? And you're going to keep going around the same circle? Until you get a revelation that is a, it is a renewed mind, not just defending your mind, that's your problem. He said, because when you defend your mind and the enemy goes for a time, your mind didn't change. Your mind didn't change. It stayed there. It stays there. And you're not dealing with that mindset in that. I want your mind to think like my mind in a relation of healing, deliverance, soundness, joy, peace. I want your mind to look like my mind. And so we, because, because we are in a world that's so soulish, most of the time we're following our soul and how we feel and we're responding to those feelings and we're responding to those emotions and we're not being led by the Spirit. We're being led by our emotions. We're being led by what our mind tells us. We're being led by what our feelings tell us instead of being led by the Spirit. Well, you're not going to be led by the Spirit if you don't renew your mind. Are you with me? Because the battleground, we know, is the mind. The greatest battle you will ever fight in this life is over your mind. Jesus already whipped the devil. 
He's defeated, but he's not inactive. And Satan will gain no advantage over a child of God when you renew your mind. He gains the advantage over you because you don't renew your mind. He wants you to get into a mental struggle with him. He wants to attack you and you just confess the word of God and just, and just keep this thing going. But you don't see your life progressing. See, every year things ought to be changing. If you're renewing your mind, that things ought to be changing around you, in you. Things ought to be happening around you. For us to be the same year in and year out, something's not right. You're being fed the word, but am I renewing my mind to what I'm being fed? Is my mindset getting in line with the word of God? Am I casting those thoughts down that come? Am I really the steward and the general over my mind, or is it the playground for the devil? Do I let him just bring thoughts into me, and I don't deal with these thoughts? He says, as a man thinks, so is he. But when these thoughts do come to us, we are to cast those thoughts down. We know that. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 tells us that. Casting down imaginations. Casting down reasonings and imaginations. Wrong thinking. And bringing every thought, every thought, not some thought, every thought into the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? He said you're supposed to, well, let's just look at it. Look at this real quick in 2 Corinthians. I want to give you something here. It'll help you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want you to see this. In verse 3, it says, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, we're not fighting after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are really listed in Ephesians chapter 6. That is the armor of God that we are, we are equipped with. And as long as you're living for God and doing what you need to do, you are equipped. Are you with me? These are the weapons of your warfare. And so when we're living right and we're doing what's right, our weaponry and our armor stays on. When we decide to sin and do things we shouldn't do, that's when the armory begins to be stripped from us and the devil can see it in the spirit. If you think about Jesus... The devil never attacked Jesus until he was anointed. When he was weaponized in the spirit. He went from one day as them not knowing him. And when the Holy Spirit came on and now he is weaponized in the spirit, they begin to see him and devil started to cringe. They were seeing something in the spirit other people weren't seeing. Here's somebody that's equipped. Here's somebody that is loaded in the spirit. Now the spirit of God is on him and the armament is on him. And that's what we look like in the spirit when we're living for God and doing what we're supposed to do. We are, we are decked out in the spirit like that. But when we don't and we live the way we want to live and we live in disobedience to God, it begins to break down that armory and that's when the enemy strikes you. So he's saying here, for our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We're spiritually set. But the pulling down of strongholds, look at this, casting down imagination. 
That's your job. That's my job. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the anointed one in his anointing. Basically, what's that saying is when the enemy strikes you with the thought and strikes your mind, you ought to say, let me tell you what the word of God says. And you speak the word of God and you speak the word of God. And then you continue to speak the word of God even after he's let up. And you keep saying that until that thought is destroyed by the anointing. And that you no longer are bothered in that area. And it takes time. It's not just, I cast that thought down, I cast that thought down, I cast that thought down, I cast that thought down. Because when you say that, you're still conscious of it. When you say the word, what the word says over that thought. Remember I said that this morning. Dr. Jacobs made that uh, mention years ago. You answer thought, you don't answer thoughts with thoughts, you answer thoughts with words. You say what God's word said, but then you don't stop. If you feel like a failure and believe you're a failure, it's because you think like a failure. So the enemy comes and you say, no, I can do all things through Christ. Watch this. I can do all things through Christ. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. And you may say it three or four times and that thought stops that you're a failure, but you still think you're a failure because you hadn't renewed your mind. He may have left you for a season just like he did Jesus. But then if you don't renew your mind and keep working on your mind and working on your mind until you know that you have the mind of Christ, that I can't, until my mind says, I really got it renewed to I can do all things through Christ. How many of y'all know we got work to do? God is wanting the mind to be completely transformed. To think the way he thinks about everything. And it's work. We all are working. I'm working. I don't know about you, but I'm working. In verse 5, another uh, translation of this says this. It says, our battle is to bring down every deceptive fantasy and every imposing defense that men erect against the true knowledge of God. We even fight to capture every thought until it acknowledges the authority of Christ. Amen. Until we stop thinking we can. Until we stop having words coming out of our mouth. Well, we couldn't do that. We can't afford. All that should show you where you're thinking. Your words will locate your thinking. And that word cast down means to to demolish. Means to demolish. That means to destroy it. Means to get rid of it. Every thought that doesn't agree with the word of God. It is your responsibility, not God's, not your pastor's, not your mate's, to cast that thought down, not coexist with it. To cast that thought, to get it away from you. No, I'm not thinking that way. I do have the mind of Christ. Amen. Your, Your thinking won't change until you put a demand on your mindset to change. You've got to put a demand on your mindset to change. And that comes by casting down toxic thoughts, toxic imaginations, things that tell you you can't, and renew your mind. Renew your mind. And renewing the mind is a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly task. 
for the rest of your life. Brother Hagin says your mind doesn't stay renewed any more than your hair stays combed. That means every day. It is a good thought, which means what? Which means, now think about this. What thoughts do you just let stay there? Thoughts about you. Thoughts that you deal with, but you don't renew your mind to. Thoughts that you coexist with. Thoughts that are really bearing down on you. Thoughts that are really defining who you are. Thoughts that tell you that you can't, but you don't do nothing about those thoughts. Because they're not a sinful thought. We readily identify those. But what about thoughts of failure? Thoughts of dying early. Thoughts that you're not going to make it. Thoughts that you don't measure up. Thoughts that you've always failed, you're always going to be a failure. What do we do about those thoughts? What do we do? We just leave them there. We just don't deal with them because it's not some pornography thought or it's not some lustful thought or some evil thought. Those are just as toxic. And they are actually molding your life right now. You are sitting in the middle of your thinking. Your life right now looks like your mindset. What you do, where you go, how you live, what you're going to do is all connected. Not to your checkbook, not to where you work, not to your employer, to your mind. As you think, so are you. As I think. Now, let's take a look at this over here. This is a familiar scripture in Romans. We know the scripture. Praise God. Are you getting some help? Romans chapter 12. And I want you to see this, Romans chapter 12. And it says here in verse number 1, Romans 12, 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And, and's a conjunction word, which he's still speaking about the same thing. And be not conformed. That's a choice. This is a choice. You don't have to be conformed. And be not conformed to this world. But be what? Transformed. The Greek word, I'm not trying to be heady on you, but the Greek word is metamorpho, is where we get the word metamorphosis, which means go through a complete change. It's like from a caterpillar to a butterfly. So you may have heard that before, but let me ask you a question. What part of your life are you taking from a caterpillar to a butterfly? Can you identify the work that you're working on your mind? Can you articulate the areas of your life that you're working on daily to get that stinking thinking out so that your life can move forward in the place God wants it to be? Or we just live every day? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? How am I going to be trans? How am I going to go through metamorphosis? How am I going to go from being a caterpillar that's crawling on the ground to a butterfly that's flying over its problems? How am I going to get to that point? Look what he says. By the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Notice the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The progression and what you get into in the plan that Pastor Angie was just talking about. That plan that God has for your life is connected to the way you think. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove, the better word in the Greek is discern, that you may discern what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I have young people in my church, they say, Pastor, I just want to know what I'm called to do. I say, go renew your mind and you'll find out. You work on your mindset, you'll work on your life set. 
Because he said, if you will renew your mind and go after him with all your heart, you will know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But if you don't deal with the mind, you're just going to guess at life. Life will just be an experiment to you. You'll just test things out. But there's a better way. Be not conformed to this world. And the world is trying, as I taught you this morning, the world is trying to conform us, to believe certain ways, to believe certain ideologies. And how does that come? By the bombardment. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Amen. You can conform your mind to think like the world, or you can conform your mind to think like the Word of God. And let me just tell you, this is how real change takes place in your life. It is not going to come through the preaching of the Word. It's going to come when you look at that word and say, there's my answer. Now I got some work to do. I got to work on me and work on me and work on me and work on me. This is how real change comes. Notice where change begins in the mindset. If you don't renew your mind and you don't choose to renew your mind, then you choose to remain the same. It is a choice because you have a chooser, your soul. So if you decide not to renew your mind, you decide I'm not going to take what Pastor Jordan is saying and really renew. What is he, what is he preaching? Is he just preaching that just to perform? Or is there a, the word of God coming forth to bring answers that I take that word and I feed on it and I meditate on it and I keep working it and working it and working it like you would clay. And I work that thing and work that thing until it starts to formulate in my thinking that I'm thinking now in line with preaching. And I'm starting to see my life get in line with God's word. That's the whole point of church. That's the whole point. That you don't leave your mind alone. That you keep working on it. Change is not possible in your life without renewing the mind. It will not happen. It's not possible. It's impossible for someone to change. Now, your spirit was changed immediately when you got born again. We all know that. But nothing happened to your mind. That's your responsibility. So if I don't renew, if I don't renew my mind, then I'm choosing to remain the same. And nothing's ever going to change. The passion in that verse too, it says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed. Look at that, inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. The New Living Translation says, let God change you into a new person by changing the way you think. It says, uh, it says here, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Renewing of the mind is simply an exchange. It is an exchange of your thoughts and your, your things and the way you think for God's thoughts and the way he thinks. It is an exchange. 
I'm learning what, how God wants me to think according to the word. And I'm exchanging my thoughts because my thoughts don't line up with his thoughts. And if my thoughts don't line up with his thoughts, then my thinking is wrong. And it's the word that straightens out our thinking. See, and when I began to understand this many, many years ago, it was so revolution, it so revolutionized my life. I was, uh, we were down, you know, in New Albany. Of course, we, we moved many, many times, you know, uh, when I was a kid. Before I was in 10th grade, I moved, we moved 56 times. And my mom wrote all of them down. We would move twice a year, you know, sometimes more. We, she'd sell everything. We'd get in a car and drive to, te or, not Texas, uh, Florida, or we'd drive to Georgia. We lived in Mississippi. We lived all over the place. We'd drive back and forth. But my mom would always sell everything. Then we'd move, and then she, we'd get established, and then my dad, well, we're going back here, and she'd sell everything. So this was a constant. And everywhere we lived was in low-income housing, which means we didn't have anything. And when we lived in Florida, it was a World War II barracks that we lived in. And uh, we didn't have any air conditioning or anything like that. And uh, so I was, I was raised uh, in such a poverty way of thinking. And then when I wrote my book on you, have, you are what you think, I put a statement in there. You could take the person out of the project, but you got to get the project out of the person. And so Beachwood Projects here, all, all my family lived there. Graybrook, we lived over there. I lived in Project. We, that's where we were. But it did something to my thinking. It did something to my thinking that I, I never could think that I would ever have anything unless I had the right job or I had the right education. I didn't do good in school. I did terrible in school. I didn't like school. I like lunch and PE. That's it. <laughs> and art. I like art. That was about it. The rest of it, I didn't care for it. I didn't care that I didn't know algebra. I'm never going to use it. And I still don't today. I'm just saying. And so I didn't do really well in it. And, and it wasn't because I wasn't smart. I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to do things. I wasn't ever taught. And so I struggled in school. So I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to get rich doing it that way because I can't go to college. I, I, wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd get accepted. So this, this whole thing was working in me. But Dr. Jacobs, when he started teaching this, he probably don't even remember. It's been 30 years ago probably. And he started talking about some of these things, and I started connecting the dots. And it really wasn't me connecting the dots. God was beginning to reveal what my problem really was. And he began to show me, son, it's not your job. It's not the fact that you were in the projects. It's not the fact that you're any of that. He says, the fact is your mind's broke. You're broke in your mind, so you're broke in your life. And if you will go to work on your mind, and I started thinking, I thought, so what you're saying is, is if I change the way I think, money's going to come? That don't even make no sense to me. He said, that's exactly what I'm telling you. If I change the way I think about healing, healing's going to come? That's exactly what I'm telling you. It follows the word. And when I started hearing that, I thought, he told me everything I needed to do. This, this is on me. And I went to work on my mind, and we were living at the time in Lanesville, and our old brother Les, he, he, he was there. Pastor Keith was there. Some of you may have been there. I don't know. But uh, I was living in a trailer out there, and it was a dump on the backside of a cornfield. And in my front yard was a sinkhole. had two of them. Didn't, one wasn't enough. I had to have two. <laughs> my wife and I lived there. We had a three-legged couch because one leg was missing, and it was propped up against the the, the the, the wall. And that's when I started hearing this. 
I had a car that was sold. It was a, I'm thankful, but it was bad. Y'all, I'm telling you, it was bad. And you'd hit a hole, and it'd do this for the next mile. Shocks were gone out of it. I would come to church not knowing if I was going to have gas money. Because on Wednesday night, I worked, and I got home late. But we live 45 minutes one way, and we're in the car, man. She's fixing dinner, and we're on our way back for Wednesday night service. We ain't going to miss church. And this was all going on in my mind when he was talking about you don't have to be broke if you do something with your mind. You don't have to stay there. And I started working on my mind, and I started taking the Word of God, and I started speaking the Word of God over my mindset. And I started, started saying, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply. And I'm tithing $18. We gave the offerings best we could. We didn't have nothing. And sometimes all we had was a little something in the cupboard. Wasn't much. We had mice running through there. I mean, I could have had a mink coat for my wife. It wouldn't have been mink. It would have been a mouse coat. I mean, I come home from church on Wednesday night, and the, and the mouse is sticking his head out of the trash can looking like this. I threw my shoe at it. Then we had mice running through there. You know, we tried to do our best to be clean. The, and the carpet there, there, whoever moved there before us, bless their heart, they had a dog. And it always smelled like a wet dog in our house. A wet, dirty dog. I shampooed that carpet till I think the fibers were coming out. I couldn't get the smell out no matter what. I'm sitting there on the couch one day, and the mice are coming around. See if I'm still around. <laughs> Sure enough. I mean, they're all over the place. I'm sitting on the, in the bathroom and you hear stuff in the walls. So it's bad, y'all. It's bad there. What was you going to say? We had fleas at one point. Yeah, we had fleas. Bless the Lord. Uh-oh. We had all kinds of stuff, didn't we? It was bad. But that's where I started confessing the word. And really, I didn't really think it was going to be any different because the way we were raised, we always were poor. But I only knew it was a mentality and the way I was thinking when he preached the word. It was the word that was bringing light on a dark place. And I started working. I said, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Smell a wet dog looking at a three-legged couch. Got one polyester jacket that I wore to church because that's all I had. It was a yellow jacket or something like that. It was, I don't know what color. It was nasty. But that's all I had. So I did my best wearing a Target tie. And I was walking up and down that, smelling that, and confessing the word of God, I'll never be broke another day in my life. I believe anybody's going to be blessed, it's going to be me. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And at the time, we didn't have nothing. I didn't even have money to put diapers on my baby. God always took care of us. But I was on the phone calling this person, telling them I couldn't pay you. I got to pay this person. You didn't make Friday cut, so you ain't on the list. We're going to pay them. And we're going to, I was running over here because I had to write a check to cover this check. I mean, and at the same time, I'm saying all these things that he told me to say, and I'm saying it, it's not working. And the devil's telling me it's not working. I felt like quitting, going back in the military. I said, at least we could eat. At least things will be a little bit different here. I can get my salary back. I can just go right back in the military. And I wanted to quit so many times, and I quit so many times in my mind. I was discouraged because I thought this was going to be an easy task. I thought this thing would get turned around in a quick period of time, but it did not. I started working the word and working the word and working and working through discouragement, wanting to quit, wanting to give up, wanting to throw in the towel. But I just kept pressing. And, 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 and I'd come to church and maybe somebody slipped me a $20 bill. They didn't know I had a need. Well, maybe they did when they looked at me. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't, they, 
in my coat. Yeah, you know, <laughs> praise the Lord. And they may have slipped me some money for groceries. You know, something yeah. $20 back then was a lot. Or I needed gasoline for my car. I was, we were just living by faith. And at the same time, working on my mindset in finances, because that's the thing that I made a decision when he was talking there. I said, finances and poverty is going to be my footstool. I'm going to put my feet on it. Eventually, I'm going to put my feet on this thing. And I kept working the word and working the word and working the word and being discouraged and month after month, calling. All this went on and on and on, tithing and doing all the things I, I should have been doing and were doing and staying with the plan. Because he said, don't quit. You'll get there if you don't quit. Don't quit, son. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I listened to him. And I realized it wasn't a message that was going to set me free. It was the message that changed my mind that set me free. He said, you will know the truth. Not about it. You'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It's not knowing about the truth. It's knowing the truth in you, in your heart. And I remember, make a long story short, I was working the word, working the word, renewing my mind. And then all of a sudden, one day come. And I got up one day and I told my wife, I said, something's changed. Something's happened. Something's ha everything around me is still the same. Everything looks the same. But something changed in here. And it was God's word that got into my heart. And it took a long time. It got in my heart. And all of a sudden, it started registering to my mind. Something's different. Something's different. Something's happened. It was the blade coming up. It was the blade of God's word. And that word started growing. And from that point forward, God's word began to bring promotion. Promotion started coming in my life, at my job, all around. It was the word now producing in my life because my mind was getting renewed to God's word. I was getting it out of a poverty mentality into I can do all things through Christ. And it took time. I'm still working on me today. But it pulled me out of poverty. I can't even think broke. I can't even think poor. I'm just telling I cannot even think poor. I know that person was back there, but he's gone. Because I kept working on my mindset and working on my mindset. Are you with me? It's a progression. Look at this in Colossians 3. I'm just about out of time. Look at this in Colossians 3. Hallelujah. And I cut that really short, but there's a lot in there. But now, you know, my wife, just the other day, we were in Vail. I never dreamed to go to Vail. We went to Vail. And she wanted to buy boots. And I said, don't matter how much they cost, buy them. Well, I ain't going to wear them but a couple of times. I said, I don't care. When you want to wear them, they're there. Well, I need black too. I said, then buy both of them. <laughs> See, I never would have thought that before. No. Yeah. Dr. Jacobs comes down to Texas and we go buy cars. I never would have thought that. <laughs> and I walked over and bought that car like I bought a Bible. Yep. And I recognized that when I left, I thought, man, that didn't strain my brain at all. Right. <laughs> See, it's change. The word will change you. Let God change you by changing the way you think. If you don't work on your mindset, you don't work on your life set. You've got to work on your mind. Colossians 3, look at this 8, 10. It says, but now put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Notice it says you are renewed in knowledge. 
I'm standing here today as a pastor in Texas because I did Romans 12 too. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may discern what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Had I not taken the word that he told me to take to renew my mind, I would not be standing here today because it brought me into this. And notice it was through knowledge. It was taking the word and putting the word on my mindset, speaking the word, applying that knowledge, applying the knowledge, applying the knowledge until my mind got in line with the word of God. The Amplified in verse 10, it says, And have clothed yourself with a new spiritual self. Listen to this. Which is ever in the process. I'm still in the process. Which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded. Look at this. Renewed and remolded. That's important. Into a fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. So notice he says that the renewing of the mind is ever a process. You keep working on your mind and working on your mind and working on your mind and working on your mind. And that fruit of God's word will produce in your life. And notice he says we need to what? Renew our mind. The word renewed in the Greek means to repair. It means to repair your thinking because you don't think right. I wasn't thinking right. It's repairing that thing. It means to renovate. It means reversal. It means repetition. And it means a prefix. A prefix means to go back to the beginning. So what is God saying? God's saying, I want you to take the Word of God, and the Word of God will renew your mind, but it'll bring you back to the beginning. I want to renew your mind. Prefix means to go back to the beginning. So what is he trying to do? The word of God will renew our mind back to the way it was in Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28, where we have a mindset of dominion, a mindset of power, a mindset that don't think broke and sick and weak and fearful and defeated and worried and lacking and, and, and all these other things. No, he's saying what I want you to do, I want you to renew your mind. I want you to bring it all the way back to the beginning and the word of God will bring it back to the beginning beginning just like it was in Adam and Eve. That's what that word will do in our life over the course of our life if we'll get to work today. I want you to renew, not new your mind, renew it. I want to bring it back to the beginning. Just like when you receive the Holy Ghost, you don't receive the Holy Ghost. You receive him because he lived in someone before you, which was Adam and Eve before he left. You're not receiving him, you're receiving him. So you're renewing your mind. You're bringing your mind back to the beginning where he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let him and her have a dominion way of thinking. Not a poverty way of thinking, but a dominion way. A mindset that thinks dominion. A mindset that doesn't think weak. A mindset that thinks I can, I will, we will do it in Jesus' name. A mindset that thinks healed. A mindset that can't even think sick, so sickness can't get in. A mindset that don't think broke, so poverty can't get in. A mindset that thinks victory, so failure can't get in. That's what God is wanting to do. He wants us to wash our mind with this word and act on this word and feed on this word and talk this word and keep working on our mindset and working on our mindset till we look like this Bible. He's given us a way to renew it, change the way we think. 
God's word will change how you think. And God's word will change how you live. It did me. It brought me out of poverty. And today I am wealthy. I am not poor. I can't think poor no more. I am a blessed man of God. And it's not because the church has given me anything. It's because I keep working on my mind. And it's the word that's producing in my life. And if it'll work for me, I guarantee you it'll work for you. God's fixed me in so many ways. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why did it take so long to get out of poverty? He told me, he said, there were two things happening when you were confessing the word. He told me this years later because I asked. And I said, I want to know why it took so long. Because other things like healing and other things didn't take that long for me. And the Lord told me, he said, there were two things happening. He said, one, when you were speaking the word of God, you were choking out and you were destroying all that stuff that was in your heart. And number two, you were planting new seed. And he said, anytime you have a field that's full of weeds, it takes time to scrape all the weeds out and get the, get the weeds good and, and get the ground fertile so that you can start planting the work. He said, those two things were happening. You are uprooting things and planting things, uprooting things and planting things. And he said, and at any point, you could have stopped. You could have been like the caterpillar that goes up in the cocoon. And at any point, you can disrupt the process. And that caterpillar that's supposed to be a butterfly never becomes a butterfly. He said, if you would have quit and went back in the military, it would have stopped the whole process. That was the pressure. Then the Lord showed me, he said, that was the pressure that was coming against your mind from the enemy, son. But see, you kept pressing. You weren't just defending your mind, you were pressing into to get your mindset changed. And now the enemy never bothers me with money. Money has become a footstool. I don't think about it. All I work on is my mindset. And I'm not saying that to be braggadocious. I'm saying if God could do it for me, I'm giving God the glory for this. I got two scriptures real quick and I'm going to close. Second Corinthians, look at this and we'll stop. I've been going 55 minutes, so I need to hurry here. Second Corinthians, you're getting some help. Second Corinthians 3.18. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Look at this, are changed. Into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, all these scriptures you could preach an hour on. Just trying to give you some highlights here. So, Colossians 3 tells us that we are to take the knowledge of God's Word, apply it to our life ongoingly, consistently, until our mindsets start thinking like the Word. This scripture here says that the Word of God is the mirror. We are to look into the mirror and see where we are wrong. And we make adjustments to the word of God because this is right. It's like in the mirror in the morning when you look at yourself in the morning after you say, oh, Jesus. Then, you, then, you know, you know, you got to make adjustments, your hair adjustments and all kinds. You got to look in the mirror to know where their adjustments are. Well, you got to look in the word to know you where you need to make adjustments. Because if you're not thinking like this Bible, you're not thinking right. If I'm not thinking like this Bible, I'm not thinking right. And in the Amplified Version, it says, In all of us, as with an unfailed face, because we continue, there you go, continue to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into His very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. For this comes, look at this, from the Lord who is the Spirit. So it's the Spirit of God using the Word you confess and feed on that causes the transformation to take place in your life. 
It's the Holy Spirit working with you. So I take that word and I renew my mind. I go back to the beginning and I take God's word. And as I feed on God's word and I continue to feed on God's word, it begins to transform. I haven't arrived. I'm still working on me and I always will. But I've come a fur piece and I've learned this. If you can learn this principle, if that light switch will go on for you like it did me some 30 years ago, it will change your life because then you'll, you'll know this is where my work needs to be done. There's where the work needs to be done, not in your spirit, in your soul. The last scripture I'll leave you with is in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And as I alluded to earlier, it's every day, every day you're working on your mindset. You, you yield your everyday life to obeying the messages your pastor's preaching. Every day, every day, every day you're working on your mindset. What's he feeding on? What, what, what's he talking about? That's what Dr. Jacobs was talking about in that time. He was doing a series on finances and he came across there and he started talking about your mind. I thought, nobody's ever told me that. I thought my, I thought my prosperity was connected to my hands or my connections or career. Nobody ever told me it was connected to my mind. Change your life, won't it? Change your life. But it's W-O-R-K. It's work. And this scripture here, is one I want to leave you with that tells you that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. And it says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Look at this. And every man shall receive of his own reward according to his own labor. So don't envy somebody else because they aren't where they were. Everybody's receiving according to their own labor. And if you'll start laboring in the word, not to earn it from God, it already belongs to you. But if you'll start laboring in the word to get your mind renewed to God's word, there will be rewards that come. And notice what it says. And it says, and every man, every man, every person, right, shall receive the reward according to his own labor. So all I'm walking in today is connected to God. We give him all the glory. But the labor that I've labored in the word of God to get to where I'm at. And guess where? I'm not where I need to be because there's more to reach for. More out there in the realm of the spirit to reach for. But I've got to keep working on my mind and keep working on me to reach beyond where I am. Did you get some help out of this? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.